Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to this week's Nile and Nine podcast. Um, we have a very exciting voyage to a special place. My co-captain, my co-pilot, my seafaring stranger <laughs> this week is, of course, Andrea Cleary. Hey, <laughs> Captain Nile. I I was really reaching for some kind of boat pun there, but I've I've been on one. I think we're more like the Rosie and Jim of yacht rock, really, which is. In case people don't know the uh, the topic that we're going to be talking about, yeah, this week is yacht rock. So yeah, call us the the Rosie and Jim of of yacht rock. I'm totally yeah, fine. We're with going that. for it. Rosie and Jim sounds like some sort of alternative uh, boy girl uh, duo of yacht rock. You know, like they yeah, be totally. That. Rosie, that's and what Jim. we'll call the, Sail the club away. night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. Yeah. As Andrea said there, what we're doing this week is going to be talking. We're doing a deep dive into the music of yacht rock. What is it? We're not here for a long time, but we are here for a smooth time. So I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to basically tell Andrea and you guys what I love about York and what it is, where it comes from, what mm. the crack is with it. So strap on your life vest as we'll be taken to the gentle seas for some smooth sailing, daiquiri in hand and with love on our mind, oh. we are heading to the island of Yacht Rock. You can be a passenger on this ship. Here is a, a little taster for you. This is a Robbie Dupree and a song called Steal away.
But that's the kind of vibe we're going to stick with today, and that's what we're going to explain. Where did all this kind of soft rock, kind of yacht rock music come from? And where did the name come from? And what are the definitive yacht rock songs? Are there definitive songs? Can you define a genre? Can you define a subgenre? We're going to discuss that. So yacht rock is essentially soft rock of the mid-70s era from North America, specifically the West Coast of the U.S., around Los Angeles. It can cover music from 1975 to 1984. I think it, Yacht Rock is a, like much music in, in, our, in our musical histories, are, you know, their response to what came before, uh, after the burnout of like 60s rock and roll and a lot of civil unrest. You know, sometimes what happens in times of unrest, that uh, the music gets a bit softer, more escapist, People are looking for something different and they're looking for some some pure escapism. And Yacht Rock, by in response to, you know, what happened in the 60s and all the uh, hippie heyday and maybe even talk about like stuff like Vietnam, which stopped in 1975 directly, you know, attributes to the Yacht Rock um, and the West Coast sound. So really like Yacht Rock is a, is a later term, um, which I'm going to get into and where well, that I came it's, from. Well, I think it's important to say if, 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 we're, if we're talking about Yacht Rock politically, which I'll, I'll go into a bit, in a bit more detail later, but um, this, this wasn't a, a subgenre that kind of was uh, born out of, like if you think of sub, subgenres like uh, punk, for example, it, was, it wasn't a scene that was born out of anything like that. This is very much mainstream big hits big big pop hits so you're 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 thinking about the big hits that aren't disco i guess from Mm. the late 1970s early 1980s yeah we're talking very much a uh, adult orientated rock aor and we're talking the kind of thing that is probably made by very white guys uh, like a white rocks uh, rock guys take on like funk and r&b and uh, jazz and folk so mm. who are we talking about? Well, we're talking about acts. There's, there's a, I have a, I have a top tier of, of uh, Yacht Rock acts and they are the Doobie Brothers, Michael McDonald, Kenny Loggins and Christopher Cross. Those four in particular are, are, mm. are, are top. Then we've got the, a lot of mid tier kind of stuff. There, some, some. I'm, mid- I'm, Niall, I'm, I'm putting Toto in there in the top. Okay, all right. Well, you you know that's this is an argument we can get into. Toto yeah. is here, Boss Skaggs, Robbie Dupree, who we just heard, George Benson, Al Jarreau, Lionel Richie could be particularly uh, mentioned in there as well. Sure. Ned sure. Doheny, Supertramp. Then there's like then there's the more questionable stuff, which a lot of people would add would include in um, Yacht Rock. Fleetwood and Mac. Fleetwood Mac potentially, yeah. Like you mm. could say. You know, Don't Stop is a very Yacht Rock song, but, um, you know, some other stuff maybe that came later isn't. But it's of the era, right? And then there's the likes of Hall & Oates who, you know, were massive and like such massive hit makers anyway. Um, but they definitely had a few songs which fit the genre if you want to put mm. them in there. And I think, you know, generally I think if something, if you feel like something should belong in there, I think he should be in there. I think we should be let it be in there. And Steely Dan, of course, one of my favorites. And and one of the reasons that is cited for in terms of Yacht Rock is that, you know, um, the employment of uh, very good, high caliber session musicians and Steely yes. Dan were essentially, you know, Donald Fagan and Walter Becker. And they always hired 
um, the top class uh, session musicians for their seven song 1980 album Gaucho. Uh, Steely Dan employed no less than 42 session musicians for that album. So I'm going to play a bit of a, a song Hey 19. So this, this to me kind of fits in with the Yacht Rock vibe, but I'm not, I wouldn't count, I don't, maybe it's because I have a personal love for Steely Dan so much, but I don't totally think of them in, in Yacht Rock's term. But here we go. So yeah, Steve Dan definitely had some Yacht Rock adjacent hits. And I think there are some characteristics to Yacht Rock, which we will get into, and especially the lyrics as well. That I think the top tier Yacht Rock have a, a certain number of things. But first, the name Yacht Rock actually came much later um, from a web series in 2005, um, which I watched back this week. And uh, yeah, I found it, it fairly so interesting. funny, that yeah. web series. <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's very so dated funny. and it's, it doesn't it feel very like innocent. Doesn't it feel very no, innocent? Man, do, you know, do you know what I love about that series is that it came at a time, what, you said 2005 it came out. 2005, yeah. Absolutely nobody asked for that, right? Yeah. So no, there was no precedent for that series. So the series is essentially a kind of a re- reimagining, but quite um, historically accurate in terms of like the the times and the dates and the kind uh, and the people within this kind of yacht rock scene, which wasn't called yacht rock before these two guys who made the series called it that. Um, reimaginings of how the some of the big songs, some of the big yacht rock songs were created. Um, and they're they're short sketches. I mean, some of them are what maybe like five minute songs, a couple kind of longer yeah. ones. And absolutely nobody asked for it. But these guys were just like, not not only do we need to define this genre of kind of like so, like smooth melodic soft rock with these with these grooves that have like maybe a bit of jazz, maybe a bit of R and B, these like amazing vocal harmonies in it we need to not only define all of this, but also create like sh- short form <laughs> content <laughs> that is like comedy kind of look at it. And I absolutely love that. I think that's great. I, I don't think it's as dated. Uh, I mean, I think it's just innocently bit. done, you know, like it's really, it like, is really yeah. innocently. Do- it's done out of such love. Like you can tell that these guys were completely pouring over um, like the liner notes of all these records and yeah. obsessing over who, what session musicians were were shared over what albums, who met who in what year, how did that influence them, who stopped working with who in, in what year. And yeah, it's really, really interesting. Yeah, there's a co- couple of jokes in it that are that are fairly dated. I mean, the, the F-bomb is is dropped in the first episode, which is, you know, unfortunate, but it was 2005. Yeah. Um, sorry, not, not fuck the other one, um, the slur. But I think it's so funny and it's, yeah, it's such an interesting thing. Like the, this is a, you know, it's 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 a genre of music that that has been defined by comedians essentially retrospectively. Like it's a scene that people weren't aware, I suppose, that they were in because it, it was just a, mm, a, yeah. a, a, have, a wide have, group yeah. of of retroactively put a lot of people in there. It's a twelve season, twelve uh, episode 
um, shorts, episodes, yeah. web series. Um, what you do notice is that like they obviously have a lot of love for other kind of music because like Journey appear a lot, even though they're not <laughs> yeah rock persuasion, but Journey sure. pop up here and there. Um, but you know, I think it did. This series did kind the pejorative and used today was a pejorative at first um, as a shorthand, but the kind of music a, a stereotypical yuppie yacht owner enjoys. Uh, uh, yeah. Like while they're sailing, like listening to some smooth music. In this case, there's actually a 1979 song from Christopher Cross called Sailing that's it's the exact sentiment's genesis. So sailing takes me away to where I've always heard it could be just a dream in the wind to carry me and soon I will be free. So escapism yes, is a big part of Yacht Rock. And there's also this song from 1972, which encapsulates the Yacht Rock spirit, although it came a bit earlier. So maybe isn't considered for a lot of people it is. But this is a Summer Breeze from uh, Seals and Crofts. Summer Breeze makes me feel Now, that is perfect. That is kind of like it, it's halfway point between pure yacht rock and you can hear some elements of uh, the 60s psychedelia in there as well, which I really like. Um, so what are the defining characteristics of yacht rock? Well, it's smooth. It sounds good. It sounds melodic. It's not really, it, it's not typically focusing on rhythm. It's typically contains elements of jazz, rhythm and blues and rock and a bit of folk. Very little acoustic guitar in, in Yacht Rock completely. Mm-hmm. A lot of electric pianos or Fender Rose pianos. Um, and one song, which you will know, of course, is because it's an absolute banger, is and one of the biggest songs going is uh, You Make My Dreams Come True by Hall & Oates. That's a Yamaha CP30, according to Daryl Hall. Um, but the, yeah, Hall notes are, are very much like they are part of this story, even though for a lot of people they, uh, they exist apart. I've been working throughout the morning on trying to create my own definition of Yacht Rock, and I have a long one and a short one if you'd like to hear them both. Okay, well, I'll give you my one first and then we can... Sure. Yeah. So kind of drippy keyboards... Bright summary melodies, melancholic lyrics, um, yeah, generally about escapism, impassioned sentiment, concerns of a heartbroken gentleman. That's that's what I would say. <laughs> I love the use of the word gentleman there as opposed to man. I think that's yeah. that's very important. Yeah. So what's your what are your definition? Uh, okay, so my long definition is smooth melodic music, typically with percussion that grooves, borrowing from jazz, rock and R&B, deceptively complex harmonically with cashy melodies, high octane instrumentation with shared session musicians. And my lo- my short um, definition is harmonically complex, easy listening. 
Yeah, nice. That's so my, because I because I do think that to say to call it easy listening wouldn't be w- would kind of not quite do it justice because as we'll hear throughout listening to a lot of these songs and a lot of these songs will be familiar to uh to listeners there is a lot going on musically mm. um and it takes it takes a lot of effort to make music like this sound this smooth and yeah. sound this easy when well, that's really it. I mean, there's a lot going on, you know, these are these are, you know, experienced players. They are people who, um, you know, hire the only the best and play with only the best. So, yeah, there's that yeah. element to it. Here's a uh, here's Toto with Rosanna, which is another. example. Yes, please. Can you can you play the solo? See that's an interesting one because that's like that's, that's my one of that's one of my boyfriend's uh, favorite guitar solos oh. ever. I was, <laughs> I was listening to our playlist this morning and he like whipped around to me and was like, "This solo is fucking disgusting." <laughs> I was like, "It is, it is, it's, it's unbelievable. Nice. Such a good guitar solo. It's nice, insane." <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of lyrics. Obviously, nautical references. It's not called yacht rock for nothing. There's a lot of uh, uh, references to uh, sailing and. And going away and escaping and stuff like that. There's also very much like the use of the word fool is used a lot as well. Um, but we will get to that later. Uh, here's another track um, from John England and John Ford Colley um, from 1975. This is called uh, I'd Really Love to See You Tonight. I'm not talking about moving in. Tonight. And here's another I want to shoehorn in. This is from Airplay. It's called Nothing You Can Do About It. And uh too strong to be denied it certainly is um so <laughs> to, boat, that is. <laughs> to go deeper and um, there's a couple of pieces that i read this week which i'm going to share a little bit from um there's a piece from Stephen orlovsky from 2019 called in defense of yacht rock from theweek.com and uh, he says about yacht rock yacht rock was an ideal one that saw the benefit of leaving art untouched by the outside world a refusal to let the man change anything if painting commercial soft rock musicians is countercultural icons sounds like a stretch that's because they weren't really counter to anything they were the culture it was probably the last major era of pop music wholly separated from the politics of its i think that's really interesting i mean i think what is so interesting about yacht rock is how i, I guess i suppose on the surface it, it is 
completely apolitical, you know, like it, it get and it gets to be, I, I suppose, because of the social class of the, the face of the genre and the listenership. Like as soon as you define a genre as yacht rock, that is in a way like making a statement about the politics of the people that make and listen to that, to that music. It's political in what it's not saying, I suppose. Certain classes get to be apolitical in their music and others don't. Uh, like punk, punk music has to be political. Uh, I suppose around this time we would have been more getting into kind of uh, post-punk. Um, but this is easy listening for people who have it easy, I guess. And if, if you have a boat, you're probably not going to be listening to Fuck the Police or like if, if you want to take a day off from the politics of the day and enjoy your boat. Um, and boat I'm using here as a, as a kind of a, a wider, you know, and you, you want to enjoy your your, your material uh, possessions. Your, your nice lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. But the, but there is, you know, there there are a lot of black musicians in this genre, They're like ses- session musicians. Um, but the face of the genre is white kind of the the reagan era upper middle class to upper classes but i do think that there is a bit of an issue with defining it as entirely apolitical and then i think as the revival continues it'll be a bit less about the promotion of that kind of perceived material excess of like the yacht portion of yacht rock um uh that that seems to have been kind of leveled at it in this like like uh, as derision um or that it's shallow or somehow like less worthy than other genres of rock and i think more about the music itself because Mm. like the music itself and the players the shared nature of like the session musicians that are playing a lot of these albums i i read this really interesting point by a writer called michael grasso g-r-a-s-s-o who asked what are the session musicians of uh, particularly like the 1960s and 1970s but he included yacht rock in this but basically the proletariat of the music industry who were having their day at last after decades of overwork and underpay generally exploited without credit on like tons of major label releases and I think that's certainly something to think about when you're thinking about like the class aspect of yacht rock which to me is one of the most interesting elements of it Mm. like Toto for example is is a session uh, is a super group of session musicians and he he makes the argument that that the um the kind of the the rise in these kinds of groups are these musicians having their day and it might be a stretch to say that that is you know indicative of them seizing the means of production as it were but you know they 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 are getting their names mm. um on major releases where where the a lot of these musicians beforehand weren't so i think yeah like the the listenership or the perceived listenership or the listenership of the day might be kind of bougie white boatmen but the musicians certainly are not and i think this is why i texted you earlier about what um i asked you um whether or not we think the logical song by super trump is yacht rock um because i thought it it might have been excluded from it because the logical song is a is quite a political song and may- maybe it's if if we are counting that as yacht rock that might be the most political that this genre mm. kind of goes
in terms of its lyrical content. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's adjacent, certainly. And and mm. we will get into that kind of like, what is character, what char- how do you characterize what is included in a genre and what is not? Mm. And like, Supertramp were an English band as well. So that maybe yes. like, it precludes them from being a, a included in Yacht Rock. But then, you know, the vibe of the song is very similar. So you could easily put it into a Yacht Rock playlist and not be like, oh, well, that's weird. That that doesn't belong yeah. there. Yeah, like if, if you had a, a Venn diagram of like Yacht Rock musicians and kind of bands like, you know, Pulp or something, Supertramp might kind of fit in the middle of those yeah. two things. Like kind of politically aware, but also quite easy, easy yeah. listening. But I mean, it's it's interesting because I suppose we're 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 thinking about the politics of yacht rock in a way that obviously it was not being taught about at the time. And and I'm sure, like you know, with the with the revival of this, you know, even post two thousand and five with that web series, even the, the the kind of the significance that the genre is taking on now, the excitement that a lot of people, a lot, a lot of millennials in particular, yeah. have about this genre is really interesting because I think when the initial revival happened, there was probably I think at least a tinge of irony. Oh, before we kind of move, but then with, with with millennials, like we're such an interesting group of listeners to music because we have I think as a whole moved into this kind of post-ironic musicological appreciation for for this genre and others like it like I think we're the first generation of music lovers to embrace an intersection between like nostalgia and kitsch in a way like like we embrace it so much that it that it comes full full circle so when we play Toto Toto's Africa at a party or something maybe 10 years like maybe a decade ago that was it it was done with a bit of a kind of wink and like oh I know I shouldn't like this but I'm playing it anyway whereas now it is we are fully earnestly engaging with that music and I think Yacht Rock is kind of being it's a good example of music that's being embraced Mm -hmm. with this sense of like post irony it might have started out as ironic but these songs are like beloved and we don't really listen to music ironically anymore. I think that 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 yeah. specifically like Gen X sense of irony and derision is lost with us. It's much more acceptable to embrace a kind of a genuine, earnest love for the. Pop yeah, we music live in past. a we live in a genreless world now. Our, our yeah, our tastes can think- easily flip between dance and pop and R&B and whatever else and trap and drill and, totally. and yacht rock and whatever. So yeah, it doesn't really matter. we we embrace the music of like you know uh, maybe maybe 15 years ago we 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 started to come back around to the 80s and think oh wait a minute 80s pop music was absolutely banging because we weren't we weren't the the teenagers or the 20 somethings of that day where we were ju- just after that um and i think that now a similar thing is 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 kind of happening and i don't i don't know about you but i think if if I was to meet somebody at a party or, or, or whatever it is and s- somebody put a song on and said and put it on in a way where I thought they were they were just playing it ironically, that would be really weird to me. And that would put me off that person. Whereas if somebody is like p- putting on any any one of these songs or if somebody walks into a room and puts on Phil Collins and is like I fully earnestly engage with and adore this song I'm like yes absolutely and I think that that's that's a decision that was kind of made by our generation at some point collectively where we just we are post ironic now we do we do not engage with things ironically um we have only earnest love for, for this stuff and I think Yacht Rock is such a wonderful example of 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 what you can get out of a genre when you stop 
pretending that you're too cool for it because this music is so good like it it's it's clean it's crisp the production is amazing like we we played the solo from Rosanna there which is incredible like they the, these musicians were the best musicians of their day you know what I mean mm. like some so some of the tracks in this playlist are are like doing really complex stuff like there's some some are in halftime some have the, these like amazing rhythmic shuffles like that uh, no, nothing you can do about that that uh, that airplay track the har- the harmonies are really complex the playing is impeccable mm. and it has this kind of it's not quite a wall of sound thing in terms of like the Phil Spector thing, but the the melodic lines are 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 pretty simple, but harmonically there's so much going on. Like you, you can have thirteen or fourteen different instruments that sound like they're just all doing mm. one thing because they're sharing chords in, in, in these amazing ways. Like and yeah, you, you you mentioned that Steely Dan album that had like forty two session musicians and eleven engineers or something on it. So it's not it's not for um it's yeah, it's not for lack of trying that this mm. stuff this stuff is earnestly good because they do wanted you think, it to be. It was important to them. Is the post iron thing now for us, is it like is it we earnestly enjoy it but we also understand that it there is something that was cheesy before or like is it mm. is it that rubbing up against those two sensibilities? You're like, I know this was cheesy in the past or I know mm. But I actually earnestly love it as well. Like you don't, it's a bit like, like we did an Italo episode a while back and you're like, there's an element to that where you're like, totally I know this shared is. shared senses this there is, with those Yeah, two. yeah, exactly. You're just like, this is a bit gas, but also it's great. So gas and great, yeah. you know, that kind of idea is like, it's, it's both things at once. And that's mm. what makes it so special in a way. And it's what it makes totally, it very unique. Yeah, it's, I totally agree with that. And I think that, you know, we spent like as, specifically the 90s like alternative culture in the 90s was really concerned with um being kind of snooty towards the pop culture of the day and I, I mean I suppose there's, that's that's always been part of being in kind of counterculture or, or or subcultural groups but I think if you look at what our current counterculture is I mean you could argue you could argue that the you know the the lines that are drawn between the pop culture and counterculture these days are really, really, they're, they're, they're not, they're not nearly as defined as, as, as what they used to be, certainly in, in the late 1970s. Um, and I think that we just don't have, we've, we've kind of lived through the sneer. It's not cool to sneer anymore. It's cool to be earnest now. And I mean, now you, you, you go on TikTok, you look at TikTok, you can see how, how much Generation Z are, are um, influenced or, kind of have this this like next step ownership over earnestness i think that yacht yacht rock italo disco this stuff that we're that we're now revisiting like the musos of today or the people who are interested in music today are revisiting from the past and being like no this was fucking good there's no like Mm. nobody should have been sneering at this this was this was good pop music because i suppose our, our pop music now isn't as harmonically complex as this yeah it's it's a lot more minimal so absolutely yeah it's interesting and the other thing is that you know we used to define ourselves by our music uh, cultures that we identified with where i don't Mm. think that really happens anymore and that has that has paved the way for for people to just enjoy something as opposed to uh, identify with it purely and be like okay well i'm fully um i identify with this so therefore i don't like anything else i don't like this is what i identify with and those kind of subcultures or or whatever you want to call them 
Like they are, they don't exist anymore. You don't have that mm. identity as a like a ten year old now. I was thinking about this earlier yesterday. So I was listening to some like dance music of the early two thousands. Oh, there's the mm. ice cream gentleman outside. Um, <laughs> I was listening to some dance music of the early two thousands, and I was like, God, this is actually great stuff. I'm talking like, do you remember like Lola's Team by Shapeshifters and M- uh, music that I listened to in secret because it wasn't my friends would have thought I yeah. was really uncool to listen to those kinds of compilations. Uh, that yeah, kind totally. of stuff. Roger Sanchez mm. and Another Chance. At the time, I was like, oh. God, this is this is so popular. Or like, I was like, Oh, this is too you know cool this is too but everyone knows you this were song. about roger i cannot i cannot yeah, picture I a nile like, who was like too cool for like chart dance music that's, totally that's i totally so was because funny. when you're young you're like no everyone likes that so i don't want to i don't want to i don't yeah. go near that uh, and then when the you're counterculture oh, yeah when you're older you're like no this is great off. yeah <laughs> and i mean so like i so i've been really thinking about all, all this kind of you know passing on of like earnestness and, and engaging with things but then i'm also thinking like i am saying this as a 30 year old millennial woman and maybe actually what's happening is i'm just becoming chuggy um <laughs> so so i don't know but i think it's it's a really interesting like re- re- revival um of earnest love for particularly pop music um is a very very interesting um generationally defined thing and i think us as millennials we will keep doing that because we've we're probably the first generation that is defined by how much we engage with nostalgia in pop culture and and by by extent in in the music that we listen to as well so Mm. yeah it's really really interesting but yacht rock is is class and and it's great because you know it's not you know, we, we we both had definitions there of it, and and there's loads of de- definitions if if you go and and you go and look online, and and yeah, it absolutely do, does share a lot of things. Like people will mention how smooth it is, people will mention you know the lyrical content, but the thing about yacht rock is is it's one of those things you know it when you hear it, yeah. and you you could totally have an argument with somebody about whether or not a song is yacht rock, like Super Trump, um, but it's more it's a vibe more than anything it's not it it's it it's not it's not defined <laughs> by a class it's not defined by a, a a group or a subculture it's it's actually like in a way when you think about like the group that it is sort of defined as you know like rich white men who own boats like of course that's not the only people who who engage with this music but we're we're taking on the vibe of those men yeah, and that's so yeah. that's really interesting and weird you know <laughs> it's yeah it's ah oh, this whole post irony thing has just sent me today i was thinking about this so much so sorry if my thoughts on it no, aren't, aren't very clear because i'm still kind uh, of figuring it out <laughs> i do think that's interesting to ponder in the context of this yacht or not rock uh, website that. so yacht or not um so n-y-a-c-h-t and it's that's um, a podcast too yeah so these are the guys that started the yacht rock web series the four of them uh they actually have set this website up yacht or yacht.com and on it you can see their scores for what they consider to be the um number one and all the way down a score of 100 basically for so 25 each or whatever 100 each and then they score yacht, them. yacht rock is a spectrum the average yeah <laughs> you know 
But, you know, I have a bone to pick to some of them because they don't have any Hall & Oates songs in there. They they say that, you know, certain things aren't and certain things are. And I I think that, look, I think you have to forget the gatekeepers and the snobbishness around Yacht Rock. And it, you just, it has to, if it feels right, it is. It's right? a vibe. It is. It so it, here's an example. Here's a song that they didn't pick on theirs, which I was like, nah, man, that's definitely Yacht Rock. And um, I can't understand. This is, this is perfectly encapsulates this. And I'm going to, so it's Rupert Holmes. The song is called Escape. And it's the Pina Colada song in brackets. Oh, interesting. Said, I never knew. That you like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain and the feel of the ocean and the taste of champagne. If you like making lights in the dunes on the cape, you're the lady I look for. Come with me and escape. Listen, that song to me is absolutely uh, Yacht Rock and it feels right. The, their website um, scores that song um, out of 100 on of, uh, 35 out of 100. I'm like, sorry, lads, you are just gone too much there. That is absolutely so I a Yacht guess, Rock song. I, I guess the thing about that song, I was thinking about this earlier as well because I saw somebody else say that it isn't. I think that maybe that song is too whimsical to be yacht rock but the, the lyrics it are be, it's total it yacht rock bit too but it, but i think it might be a bit too self-aware mm. i think it's aware that it's um that it's employing a lot of whimsy well if you look at the I lyrics one of the main defining characteristics of yacht rock at least lyrically is that they have to be entirely earnest well i will say there's a lot of the i think the i think it is earnest i think it is very earnest because actually the song is about um a singer um, who's uh, having trouble in a relationship. And a lot of the songs in Yacht Rock are about that and about how they need to be open-hearted and, and relate to each other and all this kind of stuff. So he puts out, he's like, he's like not getting on with his girl and uh, he's not having a good time. He puts out a personal ad and he, these are all the things that he, like pina coladas, walk in the rain if you're not into yoga, if you have half a brain, like making love at midnight in the dunes on the Cape, then I'm the love you're looking for, write to me and escape. So, and the, the twist is in this uh, uh, song is that when he's waiting in the bar for this uh, person who's answered the ad and it turns out to be his uh, actual partner. Um, who we just, yeah. <laughs> And he's like, oh, I didn't know you it's, liked any of this stuff. It's babushka um, for dads. Yeah, I mean, there is a, there's a lot of dad rock going on here for sure. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I I think I think yeah, it, I think it, I think it I just think you know the the idea of having a twist in the song, like I don't know. It's I 1979. Understand. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna allow. I see that's the thing. I think you just have yeah. to let if if it feels right, it feels yeah. right. And I understand the pros and cons. I'm 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 on the fence with that particular yeah. song, but yeah. Um. I'm going to pick five songs shortly to um, expound upon. But first, I want to uh, defer to uh, my good friend Gavin Elstead from Lumo, who um, talks about a compilation called Seafaring Strangers, a private yacht that, uh, on the Numero group that he wants to uh, uh, discuss. I will uh, defer to him on that. And you can hear Gav talking about his favourite yacht rock. All your wild morning whispers 
I suppose I grew up listening to Yacht Rock without really realising it was Yacht Rock. My dad was big into Steely Dan, the Doobie Brothers, and some Yacht Rock adjacent acts like James Taylor, Carl King, um, Michael Franks, a couple of others. Very easy listening. <laughs> Very easy listening. And I absolutely loved it. Um, I used to ask my dad for repeat plays of Peg and do it again and Ricky don't lose that number and he was only too happy to oblige I was aware of the term Yacht Rock through the web series but I didn't really pay attention to it at the time Um, I don't know I think it just passed me by and then I started getting back into it um, a couple of years ago when I decided to try and do a bit of a deep dive on stuff that I wouldn't normally listen to um, because I felt I had I had gotten quite pigeonholed in my listening. Like I was listening to a lot of indie and a lot of dance, and that's it. I wouldn't really have kind of deviated from that, and I kind of felt like I was restricting myself. Whole world of music out there I was only listening to two things. So I started reading up on record labels first because I'm a massive nerd, and a name that popped up quite a bit in terms of reissues and uh, compilations of stuff that I wouldn't be massively familiar with was Numero Group. They had done a retrospective compilation of Husker Du that was quite well received, but they mainly focused on reissues and compilations of um, Rare Groove, Soul, Funk, Folk, or anything else that kind of took their interest. Um, they released a series of compilations under the banner of Wayfaring Strangers, um, one of which was an acid rock compilation from the 60s and 70s, and another which was Cosmic American Folk, which I think if you like Yacht Rock, there's definitely something in there for you, so I, I would advise you to check that out. As part of the Wayfaring Strangers series, they released a compilation called Seafaring Strangers Private Yacht, which is the Yacht Rock compilation. All the tunes on the record are from private presses or master tapes that had been long since forgotten because the rock and roll dream had died for this particular person or band and they went back to the day jobs and forgot all about it. A numeral group did a great job in, in tracking down all of these tunes through friends of friends or finds at car boot sales or um, hearing about them through the grapevine. One tune might lead to another. That's generally how they operate. And the compilation that they've put together is absolutely amazing. So much good music on it and it would be a shame to think that without their intervention this kind of stuff would never have been heard. In terms of favourites from the record... Jim Spencer's Wrap Myself Up In Your Love, which opens the record, is quite indicative of what's to come. It's very linen, very deck shoe, very hazy sunshine, very excessive, if you catch my drift. 
Um, other notables are Ned Donnie's Before I Thrill Again, Your Burning Love by Steps, and Madam Operator by Madness. Not the Madness. Um, highly recommend this compilation. Uh, it's great to have on in the background at a party or, you know, if you're a DJ and you want something nice for a warm-up set or something like that. It's just really good. It's like there's music on it to suit every mood and um, can't recommend it highly enough. That's Ned Doheny before I trill again from that uh, Seafaring Strangers private yacht comp- uh, compilation that um, Gavin recommended there. Uh, yes, yeah, there's a few songs on that. Like there's a song, uh, Gary Marks has a song on it called Sailing. There's um, Canyon with Country Loving and there's a line that says, here comes the rain, baby. Chica, chica, chica. And then Salty Miller's song, One More Time actually features seagulls as well. So so do check that out. Um, but what I wanted to do next is, um, if you uh, if you allow me, I'm going to pick five Yacht Rock classic songs, right? And we're going to go through them very quickly. Um, just some definitive songs. I think everyone can agree that this next song is indeed a Yacht Rock classic. Yacht and, Rock classic. Uh, it is the ultimate, perhaps, on this list. This is the Doobie Brothers' What If It Believes. Oh, so good <laughs> you know that that is like the perfect example of, of what i mean by um harmonically complex easy listening because like that song there are fucking weird chords in that song right and there are th- that there's so many like key changes and weird stuff happening and uh, but but it's so easy on the ear like it's it's so deceptive it's brilliant oh man i've listened to that song so many times today <laughs> 
So What a Fool Believes was from 1978, written by Michael McDonald and Kenny Loggins, who wasn't in the band. Um, but mm. Michael joined the band in 1975 as a keyboard player and second lead vocalist um, to give some relief to Tom Johnson, who was uh, suffering some health problems at the time. Uh, it was a couple of years later um, that Johnson actually retired fully, but McDonald's interest in soul music, kind of he brought that into the group. They were very much like a 60s kind of rock band almost. Um, so he reintroduced this new sound and they did perform together for one album before Johnson retired. And this came out, this is the song uh, that features on their album, um, Minute by Minute, which came out afterwards. And I love that, like, sh- she mustered a smile for his nostalgic tale. So it's like, it's Song just of the year and record of the year in 1980 um, from the Grammys. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it won, won both, which, so, you know, well deserved. This is the thing. I didn't know this, but like I said, Michael McDonald and Kenny Loggins both wrote this song. Kenny Loggins, um, recorded his own version of this song and released it in advance. Um, But it didn't do so well. (laughs) And I think you can hear why if you hear his version. It's Kenny Loggins. Definitely doesn't have as much impact as the Dewey Bros version. Um, but it's still loungy, rocking, very loungy. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think, um, I think if we didn't get the Dewey Brothers version, we would still think that that was a really well written song. It's, I think, it's more in the production of it that we're kind of, it's, it's a little bit sparser or a little yeah, weaker. But I think it's just, I love that about like early, especially sixties and seventies, fifties, sixties, seventies. 80s music well less 80s music but like when people recorded uh, songwriters record different versions in quick succession mm. and they released them and you're just like oh that's how they did it and then that's how they did it and I love that uh, mm. contrast between the two there's completely different sensibilities but they're very the same song and I love that yeah. um, another example just very quickly from uh, How Do Fools is from Minute by Minute was How Does Fools Survive was, there's no way you can basically pick any other Doobie Bros song than What A Fool Believes. But here's an example of everything else they did, because most people will know Doobie Bros. Michael was a big fan of the word fool, and that is one of the defining characteristics for a lot of yacht rock music, it seems. Uh, Michael McDonald obviously went on to a solo career. You know, I went to see him in concert in, a few years ago in Vicker Street, and he said that uh, his family are from Tullamore. So there you go. Um, and you will know, of course, his his famous song, I Keep Forgetting. Uh, which, uh, I keep forgetting when I course was sampled by Warren G and Nate Dogg regulate in nineteen ninety four. A clear white moon, Warren G was on the streets trying to consume some skirts for the eat. 
So I could get some phones Rolling in my ride Chilling all alone Just hit the east side of the LBC On a mission trying to find Mr. Warren G Seen a car full of girls Ain't no need to tweak All of you search know what's up with two Right, it's time for uh, our second choice, which is, uh, look, it's okay. Mr. Loggins gets his own entry on this list because he was some lad. Uh, he first appeared with a duo as Loggins uh, Messina and uh, they were photographed uh, on their 1973 album Full Sail <laughs> on, a, on a yacht. And then, of course, Kenny Loggins is well known for his music that, uh, his soundtrack music especially, his 80s soundtrack bangers got like Danger Zone from Top Gun, Footloose from Footloose and I'm Alright from Caddyshack. Um, all big uh, rock pop face melters. But it is his solo material that is uh, is uh, uh, we're going to talk about. This song is called Heart to Heart. It's from 1982. It was co-written with Michael McDonald, so returning the favour, and composer David Foster. And to me, it sounds like a tropical breeze. And uh, this is what it sounds like. Again, a bit like uh, Escape, the Pina Colada songs is about uh, the only way to preserve a relationship is to like allow yourselves to open your hearts and get to know each other better and before you grow apart. Um, so yeah, there's that sensibility was very much there. It's his like emotional dad rock, right? And then the 1979 like album. A woman is, is like a boat, Niall. You just got to open your heart right, to it. Like treat her like a boat and treat your boat like a woman and... Everything yeah, probably name your fine. name your boat after your woman and see what happens. Um, your woman, and then your woman there's also after this your song. boat. It's fine. <laughs> uh, this is a 1979 album called uh, "The Fire." Keep the fire from Kenny Loggins, and this is uh, another fine example. This is called "This Is It." Sounds like a song that might inspire uh, somebody to start a bar brawl with somebody they don't like. But um, well, it's uh, slightly more political lyrics there, like stand up and fight. You know, that be yeah. a bit of an outlier in the kind of lyrical content of this genre. I think. True. True. Fight for your right to own a boat. Well, you know, in in in, in the spirit of uh, standing up and fighting and adventure and escapism, our our third track here is from is an immediately recognizable. Ride Like the Wind by Christopher Cross. Mm-hmm. 
So that song is responsible for one of the best bits of the Yacht Rock web series. Um, uh, basically, there's a part in it where you see that is Michael uh, McDonald, of course, on on backing vocals again. And uh, there's a part in the clip where in the series where he's literally running into the studio just to catch the the moment when he sings "Just a Long Way to Go." Such a long Unreal. Way. It's great. To me, it's that great. song is you've just committed like a serious white collar crime you know yeah. you have defrauded <laughs> all of your investors you're and you are you there's nowhere to go but your boat man and you get on your boat with your big bag of money and you're you're just you're heading for mexico and that's it you know that's it that's all you gotta do you oh, gotta get it you got out of this place vibe. yeah we gotta we gotta go baby and you're also you're, you're like you're, yeah. you're you're going with your like beautiful mistress or like don't forget my linen shirts yeah your linen shirt or your my hawaiian shirt shirts. you got your four mistresses on the boat with you and you're just yeah. sailing off baby and yeah that's <laughs> closing credits sailing off into the sunset with your Love billions it. of dollars delish <laughs> oh what a vibe Oh, to be a man on a boat. Our next track is uh, we getting away from the axis that is uh, Cross, McDonald and uh, Loggins. Um, we're going to, this is a band called Player and the song is called Baby Come Back. It is from 1978. And I love this song because I think it just encapsulates that kind of pleading that you hear a lot in, uh, in Yacht Rock. So uh, here is Player. Spending all my nights on my mom. Anything just to get you off of my mind. But when the morning comes, I'm right back where we started again. I'm trying to forget you. False bravado, hiding it here, baby, come back. I'm pleading with you. That's what this is about. Yeah, it's it's pure divorce core, isn't it? This one <laughs> you oh, just said yeah, there to me. Oh. So earnest and brilliant. I was disappointed oh. if, to find out there was no divorce core playlist on uh, on Spotify. Um, what we will I have know. to rectify that now. Yeah, it has to be done. I mean, there's it a there's a lot of yacht rock, dad rock, divorce core. They're, they're not all the same thing, but they share a lot of things and they share a lot of songs I think, yeah, with each other. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. Um, Player were an LA based Aya band started by Peter Becker. Um, so that is just uh, the in IGN's top 10 yacht rock songs by the writer Spence D. He called this ideal champagne sipping soniferance. Now, I think soniferance is a is a word he liked to use and, and made up because I don't think it's been used anywhere else. But there you go. Um, that is it. Uh, oh, look, th- our last song, last song I'm going to pick anyway. And and uh, before we sail off into the into the uh, deep blue sea is our billions and our billions and our, our everything and our cocaine and everything else uh, along with us. And our babes. And our babes is... <laughs> From Hollow Notes, because, you know, how could you not? You had to pick one. We all know the big ones. We all know I can't go for that. And Man Eater 
and uh, the one we played at the start, You Make My Dreams Come True. But this song is from 1980 and I think it uh, it fits for me. It is called uh, Kiss on My List. So that's all I know. It's Kiss on My List, 1980. Uh, I mean, what a jam. What oh, a jam. Yeah. Imagine coming out of the studio yeah. with that. You're like, like just coming up with that, even at the riff at the start, you're just like. Yeah. Just, yeah, just, just like. Vibing. So nice. Gorge. Love it. Love it. Anyway. And um, look, listener, if you are thinking, wow, Niall and Andrea, it's not like you to go through an entire episode of the podcast without playing a single woman. That's yacht rock. It's it's li- literally yeah, I like got... I I I found a, a a women of yacht rock playlist, and I, I did mean, you? Yeah, it's, there's a uh, Phoebe Snow, Denise Williams, there's uh Carly Simon, Dusty Springfield, to the Pointer Sisters. To me, those songs they're they're adjacent i think but i think one of the defining characteristics of yacht rock is is the 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 perspective of the person singing i think that person singing has to be a kind of like man (laughs) i guess maybe not i I think so yeah i'm not i'm very much because i meant to address that uh, earlier but Mm. um because you know looking at all the yacht rock players you're like yeah no these are all men these are they're all men men. like even the the official yacht rock certified playlist has like tracks from um diana ross in there and mm. uh, a few not many but a few others but yeah pretty i don't think this is like the point is as you mentioned but i don't think the sensibility is quite the same um i think, I think it that's is what different. it is this is a very particular uh you know uh group of of uh of men born from yeah. a similar um background who uh yeah you know and it is unusual. Um, and not not love... the musicians, but but the but the perspective. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I I guess you know yeah, Italo was sort of a bit like that as well. I had a I had a, a a women a women issue. Um, I think I brought it up in in that in that one as well. I but think I, mean, if I think any, yeah, most if, if there most are kind of genres um, of in in the past were were male dominated. It is like that, yeah. But if there's any crate diggers out there who are really into yacht rock, who um know some. Uh, some women artists who are who were engaging in this genre and are very much considered part of this genre. Please do let us know because I I would be really interested in compiling a playlist of uh, yacht rock yacht rock women um, because women can get divorced and own boats too. <laughs> it's the eighties. Women yeah. can own boats. Um, they they can't be a member of the golf club, but they're allowed on boats. So there yeah. is that. Um, yeah. But yeah, okay. that was no, that was quite a collection of songs that you worked on there. Um, <sighs> yeah. Well done. Thank you. Um, two more things. There is, of course, a yacht rock subreddit. Uh, simply 
title Yacht Rock course. Um, and one of the things that one term that I didn't get to include there, but uh, I really uh, enjoyed reading was that the BBC Four did a documentary on Yacht Rock in a, a number of years ago, which they haven't avail- isn't available online. So it was presided over by Katie Puckrick. Do you remember Katie Puckrick, former presenter from The Word and the Sunday Show in the nineties? Yeah, you'd know yes. if you saw a picture of her. And she called Yacht Rock. Uh, she she nailed it. I thought with the term. Ennui deluxe. And I thought that was lovely. Just a, a lovely a way of putting it. Aspirational, yeah. but not luxurious. Jaunty, but lonely. Pained, but polished. That was another description which uh, I, yeah. I read this week. So listen, I really enjoyed this. Um, it is. It took me away to a to faraway land that is not like my own. And that's uh, one nice thing about music. Um, I think, yeah, we'll, we'll do another deep dive again soon, I think. Um, well, we are doing another deep dive uh, of a modern persuasion very soon with a special guest. Um, but we will we will keep that for, yeah. for the intrigue um, to come. And if you have a genre that you would like us to do a deep dive into, you can send us an email. Probably best to send it to me while we still set up our actual podcast email if you send it to andrea Jeez, I should do that. i'm gonna do that right now we will do that um andrea nylon9.com you can send me an email and uh just put um podcast somewhere in the uh in the subject line and i'll know it's about that and uh yeah let us know if you've got a genre that you want to steep dive into could be a big genre could be something niche but we we are really enjoying these sorts of episodes. Um, and so if you are too, let us know what you want us to look into. Um, yeah. Lovely stuff. Okay. I will say uh, podcast at 909.com. Uh, you should be able to get us with that as well. Okay. All right. Okay. Maybe send it to both in the first yeah. week, just in yeah. case. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, uh, otherwise, well, that's, that's it. If you enjoy what we're doing here, it is patreon.com forward slash 909. Um, you can join uh, the our lovely Discord group as well and uh, uh, have lovely chats and uh, know that you're helping support us and everything we do. So uh, that is much appreciated. Um, Andrea, thanks so much. Uh, we are taking next Thank week off because I'm actually on holidays. I'm going mm-hmm. on a holiday. I'm going to I'm going to leave this this city and uh, get on a boat. Uh, I might actually leave get this on a one boat. horse town. <laughs> yeah, I might actually get on a boat though. At the same time. Sweet. Um, so I'm looking forward please to that. Please send photos if you get on a boat. Just do a whole Yacht Rock photo shoot, please, for the <laughs> love of God. Very good. I think we, yeah, I think back in the I was saying to you, I, we did uh, Yacht Rock uh, hour at our Lumo Club uh, altogether now thing. So, um, oh, yeah, I'm really hoping we can get back to doing that again sometime soon. Um, but in the meantime, um, we hope you enjoy the Yacht Rock style and uh, we will leave you uh with a brief bit of uh what we go for what do you want to hear any any yacht rock uh ones that we you were listening to that you we didn't get to play here that you might oh god finish oh with. can we oh can we end with um i think i think we need to end with africa by dodo <laughs> all right okay is that right is that okay that is not okay. ironically i just love this song okay all right. Well, listen, thanks for listening. Bye, We'll be back everyone. in two weeks. Be safe. Wear your life jacket. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I hear the drums. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.